Wednesdays, 6 to 8, on WERU-FM. Radio by and for the community. WERU-FM 89.9 Blue Hill. And streaming live at WERU.org. Support for WERU comes from Village Soup, the Republican Journal, providing the communities of Waldo, Knox, and Hancock counties with news, information, ideas, events, goods, and services on newsstands Thursdays and on the web at waldo.villagesoup.com. It's about a minute before the hour of 4 o'clock, and it's time... A little time here to give you an update on the weather. Partly sunny for what's left of today. Breezy. Uh, The high was 26. It's now below 20. It's going down and it feels a lot colder in the wind. Lows tonight 10. Mostly clear. Sunny tomorrow 23. Partly cloudy on Thursday night with a low of 9. Friday partly sunny 25 degrees. Friday night mostly cloudy then a chance of snow. Low of 17. So we've got some weather continuing to come our way. This is part of being winter in East Orland. It is under 20. It's about 19 degrees here in East Orland. Stay warm today. About 30 seconds to go before the main currents. Time enough for you to know that this is WERU-FM 89.9 in Blue Hill, 99.9 in Bangor, and streaming all over the place at WERU.org. Stay tuned for great information, great music, all evening, all night long, and all the days to come. And this is Maine Currents, independent local news, views, and culture. I'm your host, Amy Brown. Tomorrow will be a historic day in Augusta as orders to impeach Governor LePage will be introduced and debated by the Maine House of Representatives. And whether the impeachment order sponsored by Representative Ben Chipman, along with other, several other co-sponsors, ultimately succeeds or not, sponsors or supporters say the governor's behavior must be addressed. Today on Main Currents, we'll be talking with some of the grassroots organizers behind the efforts to impeach LePage. And later in the program, we should be hearing from Representative Chipman as well. And we'll be opening the phone lines in the second half of the show because we want to hear what you think about this issue. Joining me today in the studio are Hendrick Gideons and Rebecca Hallbrook, two of the leaders of the Citizens Movement to Impeach the Governor. Hendrick Gideons retired from a career in education policy research and administration. He has served as a selectman in Brooklyn and has worked with the Democratic Party and state legislators on a wide variety of issues. Most recently, he's been focusing on government oversight of LePage following the Goodwill-Hinckley scandal and on efforts to impeach the governor for that and other offenses. Rebecca Hallbrook is a retired attorney and a volunteer for several different Maine nonprofits, including several environmental organizations, as well as her church. And she serves on the board of directors of the Kennebec Estuary Land Trust and Maine Share. She was also outraged by the governor's threats to withhold funding from the Goodwill Hinckley School as retribution for hiring Speaker Mark Eaves, which resulted in Eaves losing that job. She and a Republican friend joined forces to call for an investigation. They held a rally that drew 300 citizens after only four days' notice via social media last year. They launched the website DearLePage.com and ran an ad in the Coastal Journal to encourage citizens to ask Governor LePage to resign. And they promoted an online petition for impeachment that collected over 20,000 signatures. <coughs> Copies of those signatures to the, were delivered to the governor's office last week at a rally that took place last Wednesday. Welcome to Maine Currents, Rebecca Halbrook 
And welcome back, Hendrik Gideons. He's been here before. We're glad you both could make it today. Uh, The order that will be introduced tomorrow calls for a special committee to investigate allegations of misconduct, and it lists several. So let's start off the program by running down through what these allegations of misconduct entail. And maybe we could take turns uh, reading from this uh, order and start with Rebecca Halbrook. Uh, It provides the committee shall conduct a comprehensive review of allegations of misconduct by Governor LePage, including but not limited to the following. The number one uh, reason is refusal beginning in 2012 to facilitate the issuance of land conservation bonds that were ratified by the voters of the state in statewide elections held in November 2010 and November 2012, and the governor's repeated insistence on extracting compliance from the legislature on unrelated issues prior to his carrying out the will of the people of the state regarding issuance of the bonds. Uh, Second, the alleged use of state assets as leverage to bring about the resignation in 2013 of the president of the World Acadian Congress, Jason Parent. And that's a a subject that people are less familiar with than the Mark Eve story, but a similar kind of thing. That's correct. And the third is exertion of pressure in March 2013 on hearing officers in the Bureau of Unemployment Compensation of the Maine Department of Labor to favor employers in their decision-making. A fourth is refusal beginning in May 2013 to allow cabinet members and members of the administration to appear and testify before legislative committees. Next, alleged use of state assets as leverage to bring about the resignation in in January 2015 of the Maine Community College System President John Fitzsimmons. Uh, The next was requesting in February 2015 that the Maine Human Rights Commission postpone a proceeding against a particular business pending before the commission and threatening to withhold state assets when the commission declined to postpone the proceeding. And then creation in April 2015 without public notice in violation of the Maine Freedom of Access Act of a panel to conduct a review of the Maine Human Rights Commission. And the last was the alleged use of state assets as leverage to intimidate the Board of Directors of Goodwill Hinckley in June 2015 into terminating its employment of Mark W. Eaves, the Speaker of the House of Representatives. Okay, so if you're just joining us, those are the grounds under which um, the Senate or the House will be asked tomorrow and they'll be debating this order for impeachment. Those are the uh, allegations of misconduct. And you notice that this doesn't include any mention of many of the what a lot of people consider outrageous statements that the governor has made, including recently. uh, This was drafted before his most recent comments. Do either of you who've been working on this impeachment issue have any thoughts about why those things aren't included in here or whether they should be or if they should stick just with these um, more legal issues rather than things that seem more like a PR. I'm going to let Rebecca go first because I'm not a leader in this. I just grabbed the sleigh that she was driving as it whizzed past me. I do analysis. I I dig and do homework and stuff like that. 
but yeah, since then I've been instrumental. So why don't you start? <laughs> well, um, impeachment is grounded in the main constitution. So you would need to look at the state constitution to see what appropriate grounds would be. The constitution states that every person holding any civil office under the state may be removed by impeachment for misdemeanor in office. And then um, I've read uh, what a misdemeanor in office would be. And um, I've, I've heard it defined as an offense, ill behavior, something less than an atrocious crime. So I guess that rhetoric, which we've heard a lot of very bad rhetoric, uh, rhetoric from the governor, was not considered to be of the level to be included in these grounds. Um, I did not take part in drafting this, obviously. This came from the legislators who are pushing it forward. Um, so I don't know what the discussion was there. But I assume that they looked at um, all of the items that have happened in the last five years and picked out the ones they thought were uh, clearly within the definition of an impeachable offense. Hmm. And let's talk about that because I think it's commonly believed, and in fact I believed it as well, that because the main constitution refers to misdemeanor being a requirement for uh, impeachment, that that meant a legal, you know, a crime of a misdemeanor. But uh, Hendrick, in an analysis that you delivered, you point out that it doesn't say a misdemeanor, it says misdemeanor, and there's a distinction there. There is, and it's a distinction that came considerably later after the Constitution was written, the misdemeanor felony distinction, for example. That was not part of the literature uh, uh, of, of law or, or impeachment uh, in the 1820s. Uh, I think the, the, um, the, the notion of the, uh, the language and the rhetoric and the, the bluster and, and so forth it, that that doesn't really illuminate the specifics which constitute inadequate performance. And the kinds of things that we've just read are illustrations of what could be classed inadequate performance. I think the important thing about the resolution that's coming up uh, tomorrow is that they're not making a decision about impeachment tomorrow. What they're making is a decision to study carefully all the things that have been listed here and to find out what the wherefores and whyfores are of these kinds of things. And some of these may drop out as a consequence of that examination, but they will be forced, if they set the committee up, to have this conversation. And I think that's what's really important here. The level of understanding was so low just a few weeks ago that about what impeachment was and what the criteria were that more conversation, and not just in closed doors, but out in the open where deliberation take, take place is really, really important. That, and that's what I think is going to take place if they pass this. That's a good segue into speaking of conversation out in the open to a little sidetrack we're going to take now. We're going to be talking with uh, someone who was at the rally last week who didn't get a chance to actually uh, speak out in the open, Don Neptune Andrews or Adams, excuse me, attended the pro impeachment rally that took place in Augusta last Wednesday, along with her daughter. 
She was just starting to speak at the rally when pro-LePage counter-demonstrators started shouting her down. And this right here is my daughter, Wally. She may want to introduce herself or not. Uh, we were here some years ago when uh, LePage and all of the Wabanaki chiefs were uh, signing the Truth and Reconciliation Commission mandate. Wally and I met him, we shook his hand and thanked him for signing that mandate. Hey, you up there! Nobody interrupted you! Shut up! Nobody interrupted you! Sit down! That was Don Neptune Adams getting shouted down by LePage supporters at a pro-impeachment rally in Augusta last week, and she's joining us now by phone. Welcome, Don. Hello. How are you today? Good. Thank you. How are you doing? Doing well. Thank you. And thank you for the opportunity to uh, speak my piece. Um, to be honest with you, I wouldn't have had time to deliver my message in uh, the short soundbite that I was expected to give. So I thank you again for giving me the opportunity to speak. Well, thanks for joining us. We wanted to hear what it was that that you wanted to say before you were shouted down. Well, um, I was uh, I was about to say that you know LePage's actions um, affect people. Um, you know, the people of Maine. They don't just affect the political adversaries that he is trying to um, you know punish with his bullying tactics. My example was um, uh, going back to 2012 and 2013, uh, back on June 29, 2012. I was in the Hall of Flags in Augusta with my daughter, who was three at the time. Five chiefs um, of the Wabanaki Nations and LePage signed a mandate to begin the main Wabanaki Truth and Reconciliation Commission. This was a mandate to find out the truth of what happened with um, children who were placed in foster care outside of uh, the reservations and outside of their, their culture and their community. So I, uh, I watched them sign that mandate, and it was a big day for me. I am one of those former foster children. As I said, my daughter was with me. She was three years old. And after the ceremony took place, she was just running around the Hall of Flags there um, I was a few steps behind her. She turned around and gave me a mischievous look and ran right into the governor's office. <laughs> so I was behind her. I, I came in just as LePage was saying, somebody find this kid's mother. And I said, I'm right here. And uh, I shook his hand. I thanked him for signing that mandate. I told him how important it was to me. And uh, he shook my hand and said he realized how important it was um, for the state of Maine and for the Wabanaki Nation um, in, in terms of reconciliation. Fast forward to April 2013, uh, LePage threatened to withdraw Maine's support of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission 
because of a skirmish with um, the Passamaquoddy and over the elver fishing. You see, the Passamaquoddy people had a better system. Instead of uh, having just um, a few people have those elver licenses, they spread it out. So more people, um, 500 and something, 575 um of those permits were issued, but a lower quota was given. So the same amount of eels were going to be harvested, but by more people. Um, anyway, uh, LePage was enraged, called up former chief Clayton Cleves and the tribal council there, and uh, threatened to withdraw the support from, from the TRC as well as other economic opportunities. Um, so he was aiming that at his political adversary, the chief of the Passamaquoddy people, but it had an effect on me and an effect on, on everyone. Um, I, I was uh, very disappointed. Um, I have a quote here from him from that day, June 29, 2012. Uh, Governor LePage said, I am happy we are able to take this step to continue this important effort. I see this commission as a critical step to improve relations between the state and the tribe. As governor, I believe my administration's relations with the tribes have always been good. Repairing damage from prior administrations is a gesture that is important to me. You know, I, I kind of wondered how he could look me in the eye and tell me that he, he knew how important this was and then go and try to use it as a, uh, a chess piece in this little political game. Um, but that was, that, I, I think that the people of Maine sometimes have a short memory. They're uh, good people and they're quick to forgive missteps and, um, you know, things that are done. But, uh, you know, I, I think LePage is not representing the people of our state. Uh, in a good way. And, uh, you know, one thing I try to focus on when I'm teaching my daughter about the political process is that politicians work for us. It's not the other way around. And if we feel that he is not representing us in a good way, we should have a way to tell him that he is fired. Mm. Um, as it is now, we have to leave that up to uh, the legislators. Um, but I would I would be willing to work on uh, finding a way that the people have uh, a more direct um, process that they can they can go through to fire politicians when they are are no longer serving in a good way. Great. Thank you very much for for calling in and talking with us today, Don. And I'm glad that you got a chance to finish what it was that you wanted to say. Did you have Thanks. anything else that you wanted to add, real quick, before we let you go? Um, no. Okay. No. Say hi to Wally for me. It's Hendrick. <laughs> oh, okay. I will. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks, Don. That was uh, Don Neptune Adams, and uh, we are joined in the studio today. If you're just joining us, this is Maine Currents. Uh, we have Hendrick Gideons with us and Rebecca Halbrook. They are two people who are working on impeachment efforts from the grassroots perspective. Later on in the program, we hope to also have uh, Representative Ben Shipman join us. He is a person who will be introducing tomorrow in a historic move in Augusta orders to impeach Governor LePage, and we want to hear from you. So we're going to open the phone lines now to anyone who would like to weigh in on this topic. As we continue the discussion, you can call in and ask these folks questions 
or just let us know where you stand on this. Should LePage be impeached? Uh, should he not? Will this ever actually pass? And, you know, even if it doesn't have a chance of passing, should it be done anyway? The number here is 469-0500. Again, 469-0500, or you can call toll-free at one 866 625 9378. And uh, it looks like we may have some calls coming in, so we'll pause for just a second before we launch into another topic and uh, and take a phone call. We have two lines, so if you uh, get a busy signal, keep trying. And we have Matt from Warren on the line. Hello, Matt. Welcome to the program. Hi there. Yeah, I think he should definitely be impeached. <laughs> Not right that he can he can throw his weight around like that and get somebody fired one 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 specific person all right uh, all right well th- thanks for thanks for weighing uh, in on right. that did you have anything else you wanted to add to that no i oh. appreciate your radio station very much thank you great thank you <clears throat> again if you want to join us 469-0500 or 1-866-625-9378 so back to my guests in the studio we were starting to talk about what will happen tomorrow. So this will be introduced, and then each of these different, you were saying, Hendrick, I think that each of the different allegations will be discussed separately. My understanding is they may even vote on each of them separately. Is that correct? Not tomorrow. Tomorrow what they're, what they're voting about is the creating of the House Special Investiva- Investigating Committee, which is charged with exploring all the ins and outs of these A through H that are specified here. And this is, this is uh, as, as was implied by your question about the rhetoric, for example, this is, a, this is a, a selection from a larger list of things that could have been here. Um, but the, the important thing is it sets a process in motion whereby systematic attention can be given by a committee with resources and authority to do the kinds of investigation that need to be done. And that's the first step. And let me quickly quickly add that I think it's really important to take that first step because one of the things that really scares me, and I think scare, scares a lot of legislators too, is that if this isn't looked at and examined, subsequent governors could look at the non-action and say, see, the legislature didn't have a problem with this. I can do those kinds of things too. And um, I don't want to see that happen. <laughs> yes, it is. It would be a tacit approval. Uh, and supporting that kind of behavior from our governor, I think, is a very dangerous path to go down. Um, and I think it's right to make the distinction between the vote tomorrow on impeachment as opposed to what they're really doing is voting to start an, an, a possible impeachment proceeding. And to do it in a very methodical way so that everyone has due process, so it's not um, prejudice one way or the other, but to investigate each of the eight items by the committee uh, that's a uh, bipartisan committee, and then to call for a report no later than April the 1st. Uh, they do have the right to extend that period of time longer if necessary, but it is intended that the report could be generated by April 1st so that we don't get into a cycle of indefinite investigations. There will be a report and conclusions and recommendations then, and then more voting 
by the House at that point. Could I add one more thing? Of course. Um, since the criteria, the criterion that is in the Constitution is those four words for misdemeanor in office, what that means is that the legislature has the responsibility for articulating what that in fact means. And that's what this discussion needs to, to focus on. And what's particularly interesting is that twice in the past eight days, the governor has shown that either he doesn't know what the words are or he's getting terrible advice because he has twice repeated that the criteria for impeachment in Maine are high crimes and, and a misdemeanor. And it's not. And uh, the, that's, that common belief, because we all attach it to the federal constitution, does not apply here in Maine. It doesn't appear, that phrase does not appear at all in the Maine constitution. No, right? no, no. And that has, there are, you know, lots of misconceptions going around. Um, the other one that you alluded to before is ab about whether or not it was possible to impeach without have his having committed a crime. And there was a submission uh, by some legislators to the Attorney General's office for evaluation with respect to whether or not a crime had been committed. She wrote a letter that said she was not willing to go forward and investigate it on the basis of uh, the criminal statutes of Maine. That, however, has been misinterpreted, mm -hmm. and it is, um, it really has no connection to whether or not impeachable offenses have been committed. Um, crimes are different than Im impeachable offenses under this, under the Constitution. Um, we, we believe the legislature is in very fine shape um, interpreting impeachable offenses the way they have in this order to impeach. Again, if you'd like to join this conversation about the historic uh, activity that will be taking place tomorrow at the Capitol, you can give us a call, 4690500 or 1-866-625-9378. Whatever the result, it will be a historic day in that orders to impeach Governor LePage will be introduced. And this, there's never been a governor impeached in the state. Have there, has there ever been any attempt, any movement? I was unable to find anything uh, in just a cursory kind of attempt to research that. Are either of you aware of any attempts in the past? I, I, I'm not aware of any in Maine. I, it's only happened a couple of dozen times across the nation. Um, uh, and that's, that's hearsay, uh, that's simply based on some investigations that some of the legislators have done as they've tried to uh, beef up their understanding of what they were getting uh, pushed into. Um, but I don't know of any instances in Maine. And the Constitution is very vague on it. Uh, we have Fred from Tenants Harbor joining us now. Welcome to the program, Fred. Thank you. What's Thank your you. take on all this? Uh, well, Governor Pottymouth uh, should uh, <laughs> definitely be... Uh, uh, is it convicted or indicted, uh, which is a uh, an impeachment? Uh, or is the it lawyer. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, well, Re Rebecca, Rebecca Halberg, who's one of our guests here today, is a retired attorney, so we're going to toss that question to her. Well, I think what the House would eventually do after the report comes back is that they would um, they would pass um, some an order of some type doesn't exist quite yet, hasn't been drafted quite yet, 
um, that would say that he had committed impeachable offenses and that he it it would then go to the Senate for a trial um, so that so that it's, it's an indictment more or, or more than than a conviction. Yeah, I'm not I'm not uh, really comfortable with using that kind of language. Being a lawyer, I I haven't seen that language indictment uh, used. Maybe in other states, but I haven't seen it in my research here. I'm more comfortable with the fact that the House would pass. Um, say that that impeachable offenses had been committed and pass it to the Senate for their uh, doing a trial um, and they would have to set up a process for that and then uh, the senators would vote on whether or not to remove um, Governor Le, uh, LePage from office. So can, can you give me a short definition of impeachment? I'm still unclear. You would have to look in the Constitution. Mm, okay. Um, it says that every person holding any civil office under this state may be removed by impeachment for misdemeanor in office. Okay. And that key, that's that line that doesn't have the A misdemeanor in office, which that's people right. are taking it to be the non-legal definition of misdemeanor there oh, rather God. than being a misdemeanor huh. offense. All right. I well, hope that helps. <laughs> all, thank you very much for the program. And thank you for calling, Fred. And, and this is, you know, this is uncharted territory. It's a very vague section. No one really knows if this proceeds any further, people are going to be blazing a completely new trail. On the federal level, is it uh, is it vague? It's well, it's different. It's a different constitution. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, okay. well, thank you so th much. Thanks for calling in, and I believe we have Gray on the line. Welcome to the program, Gray. Hey, Amy. Thanks. Good show. Thank you. Um, I just it was it was my thought that a way to describe impeachment is it um, it it lifts the immunity that a public servant has from prosecution for acts in office. That's basically what it does. And then there's a separate trial. And in order to, to impeach someone, you have to have an investigation and decide that there are grounds to do so. But it's not, it, it's not an indictment per, per se, but uh, the act of impeachment functionally uh, lifts uh, his immunity, at least for the articles of impeachment. Anyway, that's all I wanted to say, and I'll listen offline. Okay. Thank, thanks for calling, Gray. Uh, you look like you're considering that, Rebecca. Is that your take on it as well? Well, I think immunity is another subject altogether. And I know that immunity is going to be brought up in the private lawsuit that, um, that Speaker Eves has uh, launched against um, LePage in federal court. I know that, that that subject and what is executive privilege is going to be argued in that case. I've not seen immunity talked about with respect to impeachment. I've, I've only heard people talk about what are impeachable offenses, <clears throat> what rises to the level to, to require impeachment. And I want you to know, too, that the, our group has, has been 
very unhappy that Maine did not have a recall statute mm -hmm. because we felt in the beginning when we started doing our research about what possible remedies would be available to the people of Maine, we looked really hard to see if there was some basis for um, the citizens taking it upon themselves and uh, doing some kind of a recall vote uh, to remove him from office, and we couldn't find one. And we've since learned there is not one. Um, I believe there is a legislator who's stepped forward recently to uh, bring that idea. Okay. Forward. All right. So uh, maybe we'll get back to that. But we do have joining us by phone now Representative Ben Chipman of Portland, who is introducing this impeachment order. Thank you for joining us. We know you're probably very busy. Uh, great. Thank you for having me. I don't know how much you've been able to listen. If you uh, want to jump in on any of the questions that we've been tackling, uh, feel free to do that. But my first question for you is, can you describe a little bit more in detail what the process is going to be like tomorrow? Um, so I'm going to stand up on the floor of the House um, when this item comes up on our, our agenda, which is under orders, section four of our agenda. I'm going to stand up and formally introduce our House order on impeachment. Um, uh, I'm going to ask the clerk read the order, and the clerk will read through our two-page order with the eight uh, counts um, uh, of impeachment that we've listed there. Um, and then after he gets done reading the, the House order, I'm I will be recognized and I'll be able to speak, so I'm going to speak to the House order and why I feel we need it, kind of how we got to where we are now, and um, urge my colleagues to vote for it and why I think they ought to join me in voting for it. Um, so I'll be the first one to speak as the sponsor, and uh, other members of the House that want to speak on both sides of the issue will be able to, you know, push their, their buttons from where they sit, and the, the, the speaker will be able to recognize them. Um, to speak as well, but I'm expecting a series of uh, procedural hurdles to be thrown up by those that oppose what we're doing by making motions to table or indefinitely postpone and things of that matter. And um, we've got a game plan in place to oppose those kind of procedural motions. Um, it's very important to me that everybody get a chance to speak, even on both sides of the issue. I want everyone to be able to speak the big issue. It's the sort of history-making in some ways um, that we're bringing this forward. It, uh, we've never had a sitting governor be impeached, and I'm not sure if it's ever even been, been tried in the past. Um, but um, so I, I just want everybody to be able to speak on it, and any some of these procedural hurdles could cut off debate, and I think that would be very unfortunate if uh, debate was cut off early. So. We've just uh, been passed a question about whether or not there's any provision for a secret ballot on something like this. Um. No, there isn't. I mean, not on something, not on a House order. I mean, it comes up on our calendar, and, you know, I, I'm going to be asking for a roll call vote on, on every 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 uh, aspect of it. So if there's a motion to table or indefinitely postpone or whatever, I'll be asking for roll call votes. And um, as long as the Speaker um, sees sufficient support by a raising of hands, which is usually 20 percent or more of, of, of uh, House members' hands going up, they'll, they'll um, uh, approve the, the roll call vote. But... Um, I don't, there's no um, procedure for a secret ballot on, on uh, something like this, so there wouldn't be a, there won't be a secret ballot vote. Um, there'll be a, a, a public vote. There'll be, you know, everyone will vote like they do on other, other um, subject matters, and we'll be able to see how each member votes, and um, we'll have roll calls so that everyone can see how their, their uh, uh, representative voted on, on these issues. Did I read somewhere that the allegations will receive a, a roll call vote, too? That the no, grounds? Well, I mean, okay. we, 
So we may have a roll call. We'll hopefully have a roll call vote on the House order itself. And within the House order, there's eight um, uh, allegations of uh, misconduct on the part of the governor that we've listed there. Um, One of those is the Goodwill Hinckley matter and the seven others that we've come up with that uh, things the governor's done over the last couple of years. But there won't be a vote on each one of them. There'll be a a vote on the entire House order itself. And then those, as my guests were saying earlier, I don't know if you heard it, but those obviously later, those would be things that would be investigated. I don't know where I came up with that idea that they, those were each going to be discussed individually tomorrow. Well, so, no, I mean, House members can discuss them on the, on, in their debate on the floor, and we will be talking at length at, at each, uh, on each of these eight counts. But um, if we're successful tomorrow, what we'll be doing is uh, setting up a um, House investigation committee right. on impeachment that will look at each of these eight counts and investigate them and interview people and make a recommendation on impeachment to the full house no later than april 1st so if people i'm sorry excuse me but if people have a issue with maybe one of the accounts i I just what i'm trying to gauge is how much negotiation might go on if people say all right i would support this if six of these were on here but i don't like the other two will that kind of thing happen or does it have to be passed Um, as it stands no i mean we won't be i mean all we, we won't be able to I mean, I, I guess I suppose somebody could bring forward an amendment from the floor to amend the House order to take some of the counts off if they wanted to. We haven't really had that come up in any discussions. I guess that's a possibility, but um, I don't expect that to happen tomorrow. I think that, um, you know, if we're successful and we have this House investigation committee, people can can make their opinions known to the committee that they think some of these are impeachable or some aren't, and the committee will, you know, have a finding of fact and a recommendation on impeachment based on their work over the next couple of months. Is it too late at this point for people to let their legislators know what they think going into tomorrow's vote? No, no, it's not too late at all. In fact, this is the perfect time to let the legislators know what they think going into the vote because we'll be voting tomorrow. So if legislators hear from their constituents tonight, uh, that would be good. So if people call like the House uh, switchboard, they can get messages to their legislators Um, this evening? Yeah, they can do that. Um, I don't know that anybody will be there after 5 p.m. to take calls, but they can leave a, a recorded message, and that call, that those will be uh, transcribed onto um, notes that will be distributed to the legislators in the morning. But they could also call their legislators at home, um, whatever contact info they have for their legislators, email and phone numbers would uh, be the way to, to um, contact them. And, uh, you know, calling the toll-free number is also a way to contact them. So. And if anybody wanted to follow along, watching the stream um, at maine.gov, what time do you think this might uh, start do you have any um, so we're, we're scheduled to start session at 10 o'clock. I mean, sometimes we start a little bit late, depending on how late the caucus meetings go before session. But I expect us to start at 10 or shortly after 10 o'clock for our session. And this is under order section four. I mean, there's not a whole lot of other things on the agenda for tomorrow. So I, you know, we could start discussing this as soon as like 10, 15 or something like that. So I would say to, to tune in at 10 o'clock and, you know, listen to the session as it proceeds and, you know, this will come up, uh, you know, fairly shortly after we start. So, um, and it could go, we could have an hour or more of debate before we, you know, vote on it. But um, there's a lot of folks that want to speak. So, a House leadership has been saying that they are working on some language for a censure. Uh, is that something that could be done concurrently with impeachment? Or do you think that will pull people in that direction rather than supporting impeachment? Can you make sort of a distinction yeah. between so the they, two? So they have, um, you know, House leadership is not, fully come on board with impeachment, um, which is, uh, you know, I wish they had, but um, because I know that, you know, certainly (laughs) on the Democratic side, you know, I've heard from a lot of Democrats all across the state that want to see this go forward, but the the leadership, um, the House Democratic leadership has not come on board with impeachment, but they have come up with um, a 
censor resolution, and then they came up with something else, um, uh, another um, um, document they came up with. I'm not sure what exactly they're calling it now, but they have something that I think may be offered tomorrow in the form of a resolution. Um, it's sort of making a, a statement about the governor's behavior or about you know conduct and behavior in general of elected officials at the state level that they may be offering tomorrow morning that could come up before impeachment, and there could be some discussion about that. Um, I mean, I, I'm, you know, personally, you know, obviously I support impeachment. I'm sponsoring the order. I mean, I'll vote for, you know, anything else they come up with as well. But, you know, I think that, you know, any legislator that really wants to see the governor held accountable um, would want to vote for, for our House order on impeachment because anything else, you know, along the lines of a statement really doesn't do anything um, – uh, significant and it doesn't really you know i mean it's not any process outlined in the constitution we're following the only process outlined in the state constitution that we have available to us to hold the governor accountable and that's the process of impeachment it's, it's the sole power given to the house of representatives so any any other you know matter that's like a statement or a censor or something it's not it's just something that they're coming up with to you know allow people to vote for that that don't want to vote for impeachment but you know if, if you really want to hold the governor accountable you want to vote for the House order on impeachment. So that would be my, my recommendation to my colleagues tomorrow. And why do you feel like it's important to go forward with this, despite the fact that it may not make it all the way through? If, if it makes it to the Senate, you know, the chances yeah. of it passing there? Are... Well, I mean, I, I think we're going to do a lot better than people expect tomorrow, and I think we're going to get a lot more votes than anybody would have expected tomorrow. I can tell you that there's a number of my colleagues that, you know, as of last week were um, strongly opposed to this and weren't going to vote for what we're bringing forward on impeachment, but now have changed their minds and have contacted me and told me that they're going to be voting for it. So I think we're going to do very well tomorrow. Um, but I think that regardless of the vote count and how things go on the vote, it's, it's very, very important that we do this to stand up to the governor and to stand up and, and make it known that his behavior is not acceptable. And the things that he's engaged in and the behaviors that he's demonstrated the last couple of years have crossed some lines. Uh, we feel that uh, there's been misuse of public assets, abuse of power, the official oppression statute we think has been violated. We think there's some other uh, violations of, of state law that need to be looked at. And, um, you know, we need to stand up and say enough's enough. And we haven't done that as of yet. We've, we have not stood up on the floor of the House and done anything like we're going to do tomorrow to say enough's enough and that the governor needs to be held accountable. So this is about holding Governor LePage accountable. And uh, regardless of how the vote goes, I think it's, you know, I'll, I will never regret bringing this forward. I'm very uh, proud of bringing this forward and glad that, you know, I've got a group of legislators working with me that have the courage to bring this forward and to um, basically give a voice to the uh, Democrats, Republicans, Greens, and Independents all across the state um, that have contacted us to say they want us to do this. We're, we're giving them a voice in the legislature. You know, we're their voice for holding Governor LePage accountable, and this is very, very important uh, regardless of the outcome of the vote. But I think we're going to do very well on votes, and we're going to surprise a lot of people tomorrow. Okay, listeners, if you're just joining us, this is Maine Currents on WERU, and uh, we are talking now with Representative Ben Chipman of Portland, who will be introducing orders to impeach Governor LePage tomorrow at the legislature. Also joined in the studio by two activists who are working pro-impeachment activists who are working on the issue in the state from kind of a grassroots perspective. We've got Hendrick Gideons with us and also Rebecca Halbrook. And uh, before we let you go, uh, Representative Chipman, I wanted to see if either of them had anything that they wanted to ask you or say to you. Uh, Representative Chipman, on behalf of the citizens of Maine uh, that I stand um, for and, and with, 
I, I just want to say thank you so much. Um, we, we didn't know where the leadership might come from for this, this cause, and you stepped forward very early on along with your other eight um, legislators. And without you being there, we would not have had any path to, to seek redress. So I, I just wanted to thank you. On behalf of the 20,000-plus uh, citizens who signed the petition to impeach that Barbara Moore sponsored, and on behalf of the other thousands of people who uh, used uh, DearLePage.com to ask uh, Governor LePage to resign, um, I think I feel very comfortable saying on behalf of all those folks, thank you very, very much. Oh, you're you're very welcome. Uh, happy to uh, happy to um, take a leadership role on this, and I know it's very important to a lot of people. So you're you're very welcome, and uh, you know um, we're doing the, the we're we're working for our constituents, and um, that's what uh, I think our role is as legislators. And I'm really uh, really glad that we're going forward tomorrow. So thank you for uh, all of your engagement and your activism, and it's been great to to meet you at some of the rallies at the state house. And uh, are you going to be there tomorrow? Absolutely, we will be. Okay, great. I look forward to seeing you there. Ben Hendrick here, and all I can say is what Rebecca said. <laughs> Thank you. Great. You're welcome. And uh, is there anything else that you want listeners to know about what's happening tomorrow before we let you go? I know you're very busy. Oh, we don't want to monopolize too much of your time. I mean, I guess I would just add that, you know, I, I really wish we, we didn't have to do this. You know, I wish that we were not in a place in our state that we had to go forward with anything like this. And I wish that none of the eight counts we got listed in our house order had ever occurred. You know, I mean, it's really unfortunate that we're even having to do this. But unfortunately, the governor, through his behavior over the last couple of years, um, has put us in a position that we have to go forward and we have to do this because, you know, we're obligated under the oath we took and we were sworn into office to uphold the laws of the state and to follow the Constitution, and that's what we're doing with this. So for folks that, you know, you know, wish we were doing other things or, you know, are, are kind of like maybe a little uncomfortable that this is going forward, um, you know, we I certainly wish none of the stuff had occurred and we, we didn't have to do this, but the governor himself has put us in this position that we have to take action, and that's, that's why we're going forward and doing what we're doing tomorrow. So, you know, we're going to get through the day tomorrow. We're going to have a, a very successful day, regardless of, of the outcome of the vote. But I think we're going to do very well on votes. And um, we got a lot of support all across the state from uh, residents and citizens and folks of all political persuasions. We, the support is very strong uh, for what we're doing. So I feel very good about where we are and what we're uh, going to be bringing forward tomorrow. Hey, well, thanks again for talking with us today. Great. Thank you. That was Representative Ben Chipman of Portland, and as we've been saying, he'll be introducing orders tomorrow for impeachment. Uh, he said that that will probably start about 10 o'clock. If you go to maine.gov, you can follow links to the legislature, and you can watch a live stream from the State House. If it's working, it usually is um, online if you can't make it to Augusta and you're interested in doing that. If you'd like to join the discussion, we have about 10, 15 minutes left to the program. We'd like to hear from you. What do you think about impeaching LePage? Is it uh, something that you would support, um, even if it may not pass? Is it something that you think should be done? Give us a call and let us know where you stand on it. The number here in the studio here at WERU is 469-0500. Again, 469-0500. And if you have us programmed into your phone to call and request songs or whatever, it's just that regular studio line. You can also call toll-free at 1-866-625-9378 with uh, 
either those comments about whether or not you support impeachment or questions for my guests in the studio who are some of the grassroots organizers working on this issue. Uh, back to the whole censure versus impeachment um, issue, where do you two stand on that? Do you uh, think that if uh, censure passes that that's adequate and that the impeachment issue should be taken off the table? They're shaking their heads no, but I, 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 I don't them. think it is. There, the, the notion of censure, the key vari- variable is are, what are the operational elements there? What, what happens as a consequence of the expression of an opinion? Nothing. And for that matter, if we're concerned about constitutional government, there is no provision for censure in the Constitution. The governor knows that. He said so as much yesterday. Um, so I, I, it is not a substitute for systematic, careful consideration, examination, generating of the evidence, weighing of it, talking about it, and coming to a reasoned set of conclusions. And that's what Chipman's resolution does. And... Um, I think it's it's what needs to be done. Also, the idea of a recall statute is a good one. Okay, Rebecca, you're giving a thumbs up on that in agreement. I agree uh, totally with what Hendrick has just said. Um, I I just don't know whether censure would cause any different behavior on the governor's part. I, I think that um, what we're really trying to do is is end his government policy of instilling fear in our public officials. And last time I looked, everyone has a freedom of speech, including public officials. Um, so. I, I would like re- to refer people to um, an article that was in the Press Herald recently written by Representative Dean Rikerson, who wrote um, about his own decision to vote in favor of impeachment. And he said, uh, when our governor threatens a legislator's livelihood because of his political beliefs, the core of our democracy is threatened. Public officials would live in fear of retribution for their political beliefs and statements. In fact, I have found this to be the growing political climate in Augusta. And and that is, to me, the core of the matter. All right. We're going to leave it there and take a few phone calls. We have, I believe, next up is Peter in Bar Harbor. Welcome to the program, Peter. Hi. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Very well. I have one question, and that is if the impeachment process did result in the governor stepping down or being removed, who would be um, put in his place? The president of the Senate, Mike Thibodeau. Hmm, Thank you very much. That's all I needed to know. Thanks for your call. Thank you. And going next to Rick in Belfast. And if you want to be next up on deck, give us a call at 4690500. A phone line has just opened up. Go ahead, Rick. Welcome to the program. Yeah. Uh, thanks. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, quick question. You might have already call, uh, covered this, but I just turned on the radio. I am totally in agreement with the impeachment. But if, if the folks are not there, what's the kind of next step? Can it be brought up again in some way? And I'll just get off and listen to you guys answer that. Thanks. Great. Thank you. Well, yes, um, 
I, there could be another resolution brought forward uh, sometime in the future if um, if the legislators, a group of legislators, wanted to, or even a single legislator could bring it forward again. Um, I don't think we thought that through yet because we really feel that after five years of um, misconduct by the governor that we have generated a, a very strong case for impeachment. Um, and we wouldn't be very understanding of why we should put these, these offenses aside and wait until there's another one. Um, so the citizens are impatient uh, with the process. Uh, we, we came together in June and, and had a rally to ask for an investigation on one of the issues. And we were patiently waited um, while that process worked its way through and the Government Oversight Committee did the investigation using OPEGA and their professional staff. They've now reported on that. And you're, talking, are you're talking about the Mark Eve situation with Goodwill Hinckley School, correct? That's right. That's the one of the eight items that has been fully investigated so far. Um, and we thought even an impeachment based on that one item should be sufficient. Um, but the legislators sat down and uh, looked carefully at all of the misconduct and came up with the list of eight items. And we support that. And at least three of those items are about getting people fired from their jobs or, mm -hmm. or not getting jobs because they're political opponents of the governor. That's correct. In, so in there's, a, there's a clear pattern there of the use of, of state appropriations or state grant allocations as a way of, of putting pressure on organizations to remove officials that the, the governor doesn't approve of. That's correct. May, may I take a, a, just a, a 90 seconds and yes, talk yes, about something ahead. that may, may be surprising? One of the things that I do when I do my homework is actually transcribe the statements of the governor that I get access to. And uh, so his words are going through my fingertips, and I'm listening to his tone and so forth. And um, I must say that on several occasions in the last week, I have felt some th sympathy for the guy because I have actually heard the the affect in his in uh, that says says me he says to me he really cares about the drug issue. He cares about the the poverty issue and the the uh, lottery so forth. And I I I hear him. I understand him. The problem is that when he – if you go back to the measured eight uh, uh, things that we mentioned at the very beginning, they are quite different from what he sees as a fabrication uh, by um, uh, uh, the, the, the leadership in the, uh, in the legislature of things that are untrue, that are, that are constructs, if you will. Uh, that don't have any bearing in reality. And when you match that belief of his with his conviction that he was elected to, stir the, uh, to recognize that there was no status quo in, in, in government and that his job was to change it from top to bottom, that 
you, where's the Constitution in that? You know, you can't just unilaterally change the way the government's structured, the way the functions between the branches take place, which laws you're going to choose to enforce and which ones you're not. And so his intentions may be good, but he is he is carrying them out in ways that are absolutely anathema to many, many of us and really problematic in terms of the govern the fundamental government of Maine. Well, the things like withholding the funds for our lands for Maine's future, I mean, that yeah. kind of thing, what sort of precedents will be set if this isn't addressed and what happens with the next governor? Exactly so. We have just a few minutes left to the program. We could probably take one more phone call if anybody's standing by their phones. Give us a call at 469-0500. But as we wrap up, I wanted to have each of my guests uh, have final word. We uh, are winding down, so it can't be a long word. But <laughs> but uh, if you want to each take like a minute or two and say anything that we didn't get to cover or anything that you want people to be thinking of as we go into this historic day tomorrow with uh, – a order to impeach the governor being introduced at the state house for the first time. Well, I would just like to say that um, following up on your question to uh, Representative Chipman about is it too late for the citizens to speak up, it is most definitely not too late for the citizens to speak up, and there is um, there are several different ways, but there is a. Um, an address I can give you, an online way for citizens to find out the names of their legislators and the contact information. And I'm going to try to say this quickly, http colon two backslashes legislature.main.gov backslash house backslash town list dot htm and you will then find where you can uh, go to contact your legislator, which we um, hope you will. Okay. I think you can also just go to main.gov, and, and that's easier, a little bit easier to remember. Be less direct. But you have to fiddle around <laughs> a little bit. We have a, have a caller on the line that I want to take real quick and then get back. Uh, take the call for like one minute and then leave a minute for uh, Hendrick Gideons to have a final word as well. Uh, I believe we have Representative Ralph Chap. No. Okay. Sorry. We have uh, somebody else on the phone. <laughs> you have a critic of, of Ralph. Okay. You have uh, one minute. Go ahead. He's a, he poses as a very good liberal Democrat, which is great. I've voted for him over and over. However, I've talked to him face-to-face about LePage and impeachment and what to do, and he has no backbone. He says it's, it's useless to even try. And, you know, if our legislators have no backbone and won't even stand up to this bully, this racist bully, you know, what are we going to do yeah. except vote them out, even though they say they're liberal Democrats? I told I told Ralph Chapman I wasn't going to vote for him again, and he looked disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank, thank, you, th- thank you for your call and uh, last word with Hendrick Gideons R- Ralph is my representative and he will vote f- for the impeachment resolution um, the, the uh, summary that I would make is there are basically three types of offenses that have occurred here one is offenses against the legislature where the way in which the governor is operating has in effect altered the balance of power. It's supposed to be a balance. He is imbalancing it in favor of the executive. 
The second group is the possible abuse of power, official oppression actions where individuals have suffered as a consequence of what he was doing. And the third is offenses against government uh, generally or the people. The people would be in the case of the land for Maine's future, the kinds of things that are against the government. He's not fulfilling vacancies. He's not filling um, uh, vacant uh, uh, commissionerships. Uh, threatening to withhold assets, uh, misuse of tax dollars, and so on. So they're, they're, they, these, are, these are big clumps of activity, and he needs to be held accountable for it. Well, it'll be interesting watching Augusta tomorrow, and uh, thank you for making that quick statement. Our guests today here on Main Currents have been Rebecca Halbrook and Hendrick Gideons, both of whom are grassroots organizers working on the Impeach LePage campaign. We also spoke earlier with Rebecca Neptune Adams and with uh, Representative Ben Chipman. We appreciate both of them participating as well, and John Greenman has been our engineer for today. I'm Amy Brown, inviting you to join us here for Main Currents every Wednesday afternoon from 4 to 5 o'clock for Independence local news, views, and culture here on Community Radio WERU-FM, 89.9 Blue Hill, 99.9 Bangor, and streaming online at WERU.org. Stay tuned. We've got Democracy Now! coming up next, and Larry Stahlberg is in the house to bring you some great jazz after that. Support for WERU comes from Maine Farmland Trust, a member-supported, nonprofit organization focused on reviving the working landscape and securing a future for farming in Maine. More information on protecting farmland and supporting farmers at mainefarmlandtrust.org.